0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. My name is Derek and this is episode 89. Can you believe it? We're getting closer little by little to that number 100, which is going to be fantastic. Because right now, at this moment, I can confirm you that for the last five episodes, let's say, at least right now, confirm, which will mean from episode 95 all the way to episode number 100, we will have a series of very special episodes, just like every episode, but even more special because, on those ones, we're gonna have interviews on each one of them. For example, among the n- famous names that have confirmed with Solo BG Podcast is Jamie Stegmeier from Stonemeyer Games, uh, also designer of Psy, the VT you name it. Uh, plenty of games from Stonemeyer Games. So, he already Confirmed that he's going to be in one of those episodes, uh, giving us an amazing interview, and we're going to talk about games, of course. Another uh, personality or celebrity that is going to be on the show is going to be David Tercy. David Tercy, you know, the designer of Anachrony, and many, many other solo modes for a lot of Euro games over there. Well, he will be in the show as well. You also, the ones that I can confirm you, I can say that Adam Smith from Rolling Solo, he also going to be on the show so stay tuned for that. And also, so far, Mark Dainty from Noteboard Gaming. Also, he's gonna be on the show. And among other names, that they will be potentially jumping in for interviews and a special episodes. So stay tuned for those episodes. I'm very excited, very excited about those. So please stay. And uh it could be more episodes. Who knows we'll see how many, how many celebrities confirm, I guess, around the hobby, right? Around the solo solo gaming hobby especially so that's that that's an a very nice uh new and update for for the podcast also i have to tell you that i've been playing a game that it can turn to be the holy grail game i will talk more about it when we jump into the section and i tell you what i've been playing and for today's or tonight's or this evening episode we're gonna talk as probably as you can read on the title of the show about Overboss. Overboss it uh, was a kickstarter a very successful Kickstarter from Brotherwise Games. Uh, big disclaimer: they didn't send a copy of the game. I was a backer. I got, you know, the all-in, all the that you could get from the Overpass, and I will tell you a fun fact of a mistake that I did when I did my pledge. Uh, but anyway, I got the game already. I already played a couple of times solo. I already played a few times competitive. And I will tell you all about it. I will share my impressions. And of course, as every episode, we're going to talk about every aspect of the game, including the box and cover. Then we will do our audio unboxing and we're going to jump inside the box. Then, of course the gameplay and lastly my impressions um, a few a few of you have asked me how can you support the, the podcast well there's many ways uh, you can do it the free ways of course you can follow us in a social media at Facebook Twitter and Instagram at solo BG podcast you can also shoot me an email at solobgpodcast at gmail.com um, and one big way that you can support the show is giving you giving us a rating on iTunes, if you're listening through iTunes, and writing a review over there because that helps us to reach uh, out to more listeners and, you know, more people can find out about uh, Solo VG Podcast. So if this is something that you have enjoyed so far, please, uh, you can support the show by doing that. Another way, as you probably know from uh, recent episodes, uh, you can also go to kickstartedgames.com. That's kickstarted with edgames.com. And you can get 15% off with your code SOLOBG. All together, SOLOBG and you get 15% off from your total purchase. Also, if you are in the United States and you spend uh, $100 or more, you get free shipping, completely free, to your door. And you can get some cool games, some amazing games, and also you can support the show in that way. So there you go. There's many ways uh that you can do it as well. Also I wanna uh just throw a little bit of disclaimer there. Uh if you happen to want to learn Spanish or if you're in the you know in route to learning Spanish or if you're just uh you know curious about how Spanish sounds well you can go and check out my podcast also that I do in Spanish solo BG Podcast en espanol uh that's also a sort of like a weekly but more like a every two week I guess uh episodes so you can check those out as well in Spotify iTunes, Google Play wherever podcasts can be found just as you can find solo bg podcasts as well so with that being said let's start like always with the show in three two one welcome to solo bg your podcast for solo and cooperative board games Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, so now we are on it. Overboss, a boss monster adventure published by Brotherwise Games. And the designers, I will mention a little bit once I turn the box over. And once we jump into the box and cover section, I will tell you all about it. How many players, you know, how, uh, how long each play time and all that stuff. But before we jump into that, of course, like always, let me tell you what I've been playing most recently. And like I give you the spoil at the beginning of the episode, there's a game that I've been playing that I already dedicate about five hours only in two playthroughs. And it's a game that is very close so far, at least to what I have playing so far. It's very close to be the holy grail, at least for me, on solo gaming experience. And I'm talking about the famous Tainted Grail by Awakened Realms. Just all I can tell you so far, of course, we I cannot throw you any spoilers because this is a game that it's all about spoilers, but so far it's very immersive. The story and the theme is fantastic. It's just fantastic that's it uh and the miniatures the components the cards everything is great uh big display on the table it's a lot of exploration a lot of uh uh fantasy medieval fantasy there fantasy uh you know intrigue um if you like lord of the rings if you like uh, you know those kind of things those kind of things like game of thrones even if i didn't enjoy game of thrones as much but if you like those things this is this is it my friends this is it. tainted grail um, I'm looking forward to playing more I heard because like I said I've been trying not to spoil me too much you know by going through the all cards and, and events and stuff from the box but I have heard that it's about around 15 chapters right now I'm about to start chapter three which that will tell me that at least I will dedicate to this game something close to 50 or 60 hours play time at least so once I finish the whole campaign I'm definitely planning on doing an episode. In that way, I can throw all my honest opinions about it. I probably, I am pretty sure that I will see some flaws down the, down the, you know, playthrough and down the chapters. I hope not, but I'm pretty sure it will happen eventually. Just like in most of the games, and if it doesn't happen, well, that will mean that is the holy grail of solo, of solo gaming, and this motivates me a lot to receive uh, my pledge of nemesis. Which as you know, if you have here on the previous episodes, that's another game that I'm very excited about it. I have never been so excited about a game other than Nemesis. Uh I went all in with the original pledge. That means any no any of the lockdown pledges or or second edition pledges. I didn't went to any of that. Just the core, the base game with expansions, everything that exists, of course, as you know me, Neoprint Mat, uh for the you know. Uh, basic pledge i guess from the old pledge of nemesis and i'm very excited about that uh kickstarter campaign and i'm looking forward because we're supposed to receive the backers the game uh they sent us on the last update i believe on mid-may at least in u.s uh we are now on today tonight is march 29 i think yeah march 28 i'm sorry um when i'm recording so i'm looking forward to get that pledge and to, you know, play that game in that way I can compare these two. But these also make me more excited about any of the future Awakened Realms campaigns, just like uh, Frostpunk, you know, which is from the same, uh, well, that's not an Awakened Realms, but that's from the same designers as Nemesis, so you get the idea. But everything, from now on, I can tell you, with my experience of Tentagrail. Grail, And I'm pretty sure Nemesis will confirm that as well because I have seen a lot of playthroughs over there. And I will recommend you one. I will recommend you actually two playthroughs that I've been enjoying from Nemesis in case you're interested. One from Rolling Solo, uh, Adam Smith, my good friend. He has a a great playthrough of the whole game. And also another YouTuber that I follow that his name is Paul Darcy. I believe he's also from Canada. He also has a, a solo uh, gaming channel and he has a fantastic playthrough of Nemesis as well. So, if you want to check those out, please go and check them after the episode. Um, but anyway, if everything works fine with Tainted Grail and Nemesis, then f- at least for sure it's going to be, in my case, an insta back every time that Awakened Realms release something new and I already confirmed it also with one of my favorite solo games which is This War of Mine. Now This War of Mine of course is not a game for for everybody uh, since first of all it's above 17 year olds uh, and second of all the theme cannot be appealing to some of you guys and at least for me it works out I mean because it's fantastic it's very uh, darkish, very sad at the same time and I actually enjoy it and I actually drags me to to have a more uh, you know, immersive strategy during the game, but I can I can get why a lot of people is it's not like the cup of tea of games, right? So there you go. So because of these games that I have mentioned, I think that you know if everything keeps working fine, I, it will definitely be a, a something like I see a campaign from Awakened Realms and it's gonna be an insta back from my part. Also, I've been playing A War of Whispers. A War of Whispers is from the same publisher, Sterling Games, the same publishers that brought us Everdell. Uh, which by the way, it was crazy the whole campaign of Everdo. I know we already talked about this, but I just recorded a few days ago and it's an air, the solo BG podcast in Espanol, the last episode with my friend, um with my good friend El Chino, and we talk about the whole, you know, I guess um <laughs> complex Kickstarter campaign from Everdo. So it was crazy, and I'm pretty sure you you are all informed on that anyway. But yeah, I've been playing uh, War of Whispers, which is a game from uh, from them as well. And I can tell you it's it's a very um unique game which is most of the game will play with secrecy and basically you have a tableau where you're going to have you know different options to choose from different empires and you're going to accommodate those empires as you will think that they will conquer the world of a war of whispers in the middle of the table you have a a main board where you have all the factions different empires once again the same that you will have in your tableau and every empire will start with a certain amount of banners and towers and, and farms on their regions and on their cities And then it's going to be up to you and up to the players to determine on every round, you know, how many banners you add to those regions and cities and that way they can conquer them. Or which banners uh, will go and fight towards the other empires and that way they can be destroyed either simultaneously or one is going to, you know, stay conquering that new region and that new city. And at the end of the game, uh, you will get points uh you will reveal your empires, the ones that you secretly choose at the beginning of the game, you're gonna reveal them and whoever, you know, get the most victory points wins the game. And the one you're gonna be you're gonna be scoring that well is that uh the your favorite empire will get uh let's say for every city that they conquer times four. Then the following will be times three, then the following times two, then the following zero, and then if you have an empire um, that it has some city on it, but it's your less favorite empire, that you will get minus one point for that one. During the game as well, you're going to have the ability through some actions to pick up some cards that you're going to be able to play them either on your turn, before or after or during, or some sometimes there are some actions that they can trigger in other player turns you're also going to have events you're going to be able to draw events and play them as well that they can change the you know the route at least of that turn or of the following action it's a very interesting game that i've been playing already probably three times um and i actually enjoyed it uh it's definitely you know their their most i guess the sweet spot for the game will be three players or more it can be played two to four players uh, and it's a game that I actually recommend recommended if you're able to, you know, to have a gaming group and bring it to the table. That was a recent Kickstarter as well. I went for the, I guess, uh, collector's edition uh, pledge, just like Starling Game does it with older games, including Everdell. We were talking about that. Um, where instead of certain uh, components you will get you will get upgraded components. For example, instead of the wooden cubes, you get uh, you know miniatures for those banners that I that I was talking to you about it. Also, you get an upgrade on the first player token that instead of cardboard, you get a metal coin and little things like that that make uh, the game more appealing, visualized speaking, and it works great. So anyway, that's another recommendation from my part. A War of Whispers. It's a game that I like. It's a game that I enjoy. It's not a game that I loved. But I actually had a very good time uh, with that game. If I have to rate that game from 0 to 5, I would probably give that game a a very solid, strong 3.5. So once again, if you are into those kind of things, going back to the theme of Game of Thrones uh, or The Witcher or those kind of, you know, I guess medieval dark fantasy. uh, And you want to play a a game of kind of like a secret role-ish and secrecy and conspiracy and stuff. Well, that's definitely a game that you have to check out. Uh, another game that I play just because, oh, man, I get the hyped so high with DC right now. Uh, I, you know, one of my biggest recommendations outside of the board game industry right now is please watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, you know I'm a DC fan, a huge Batman fan, um, but I've been very happy that the Snyder Cut actually happened. I I just went in and, you know, support... The, Suicide. I, I I'm sorry. I don't remember the exact name of the campaign, but the suicide uh, awareness uh, campaign that Zack Snyder is very proactive on it. Uh, and there's a website called Into the People where you can buy merchandise from uh, from Zack Snyder Justice League, sort of like a Kickstarter thing, uh, but it's called Into the People. And by doing by uh, purchasing uh, merchandise from there, you also support uh, you know that uh, those campaigns as well from the for the suicide awareness. Anyway. Zack Snyder Justice League is my big recommendation. It's probably my favorite comic uh, mo- uh, comic based movie or movie based on comics uh, ever. Um, I loved it and I can I can do anything else other than recommend you to watch that movie. It's four hours long. You can watch it as a TV show or in six parts or you can just watch it as a whole like I do I already watch it like three times, so I already dedicate 12 times of my 12 hours I'm sorry of my time to that movie, but I will keep watching it because it's fantastic. And because of the hype, I went again and uh, played DC Comics deck building game from Cryptozoic with the Crisis Number One expansion. I played with Robin. Uh, I wasn't able to to win because my deck of cards, the main deck of cards, run out, which that means that you know the time ran out and I lost the game. But it really proved me again that I, how happy makes me, and the Crisis expansions they work fantastically. They work very well. Uh, The crisis number one, crisis number two, three, and four, I have played them all. And they have a very nice mechanic of putting you up to challenge every single round. And had to deal with the crisis, but also had to deal with the supervillains. And of course, as the supervillains, you can find the Joker, you can find Ra's al Ghul, you can find Darkseid, you can find um, I don't know Deathstroke. Just 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 depending on the crisis that you're playing, it will give you a kind of like a different story on the DC uh, universe. Uh, you know arcs. And just according to that, you will get different um, crises and different Super Bowls. And that's another game that I've been playing. A very fun deck building. For some people, it's very unbalanced when you play competitive. But at least in the cooperative mode with the Crisis expansion, like I said, uh, it works uh, pretty well. So that's another game that I like, that it will stay in my collection. Of course, it's a DC game. Why not? Uh, But I will recommend you as well. It's an old game. I think it's from 2012. The Crisis expansion, I want to say that the first one came... Probably in two thousand sixteen, seventeen. So give it a try. If you have, if you haven't given a try to those ones, uh, to those expansions, just give them a try, and you will see how fun they are. Also, another game that I play with one of my friends. It's uh, Aquatica, which uh, is a second uh, edition. Um, I played it. This is an engine builder. It's so fun. Like I, I don't have a copy for myself, but that's another game that I added to the list because at least with my experience of playing Aquatica, once again, it's an engine builder when you're going to be playing certain cards. Similar mechanics of Century Golem Edition, but I guess on the sea. Uh, and there's a sort of like, I call I call it like a time clock, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, end of game trigger that everybody is uh, rushing towards it and whoever gets first there wins the game. The end end game triggers are, for example, whoever gets to place five cards on their tableau, whoever gets to score uh, three different cards, whoever gets um, uh, the three uh, manta ray upgrades, I guess they call those little aquatic animals, Uh, and there's different, um, you know, four different end game triggers. That everybody's rushing to get them first, but it's very fun to play. Once again, kind of like a century golem edition mechanic, where you have a hand of cards of seven, and then you can play one, and that's your turn, and you will just do whatever your card does, and then you will have a very nice uh, blow where you're gonna be laying that uh, laying down some cards, and those cards will also kind of have symbols that they will be, you know, bonuses for your turn and for your actions, and basically you're gonna be pushing them pushing them up, and every time you're pushing them up one of those symbols will fall into a slot and that's when you're going to trigger the bonus. And at the end, once you push the whole card all the way up, then you will have a benefit either of getting an upgrade Mentorite, which will also give you uh, more benefits during a turn or could give you more benefits during a turn. Or if you're able to uh, trigger certain abilities, you can score those cards and those cards will be victory points at the end of the game. Very fun game, very basic, very simple. We play it three players uh, just one time though, and he, we, we finished the whole game like in 25 to 30 minutes, including learning and teaching the game. So fantastic game. Very fun. I look forward. I don't have here the, the designer or the publisher, but I look, I'm looking forward and get a copy for myself in that way. I can play it with my wife a couple of times, play it with some other friends and give you, you know, my whole impressions of the game. But so far so good. Um, you know, I'm, I was very happy with it. I love engine builders, especially the ones that are kind of like Century Golems. so that's a big thing and it has a solo mode so i have to try it another game that i'm glad i didn't back because i was very close to jump in with the all in miniatures and everything but i ended up i don't remember f- why i ended up like pulling out uh but um uh, you know from the from the campaign it's after the empire from gray fox games uh, they do fantastic games. I love Champions of Midgard. I love Rivers of Midgard. And after the Empire, it was, or is supposed to be, or it is, better say, it's not supposed to be. It is a Euro game, worker placement game, game uh, with uh, kind of like a tower defense mechanism for each of the players. I only played it once. That's a big disclaimer as well. Just like Aquatica, but Aquatica, I love it. And unfortunately, after the Empire... I didn't enjoy it as much. I mean, the game was too long. I think it was like six or seven rounds, but it lasted like close to three hours. We were playing three players. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like it was somehow not very well balanced, at least to my experience. Uh, it uh, It went very slow. And then at the time of the tower defense mechanism, it could be either fine and just easy or all the opposite, very chaotic. I know there's a solo mode, at least, I don't remember if it's official or not, but there's a solo mode. Uh, and one of my friends played the solo mode because I don't own the game, but he, the one that owns the game, played the solo mode. And he said that it's fun. I mean, I guess I can try it as well. But unfortunately, with my first experience with After the Empire, it, w- it was one of those experiences that I that I thought, like, well, it's a good thing that I didn't back this game. Could be wrong, so I will look. I'm looking forward to hear your thoughts as well. Once again, on social media, you can comment on that. But after the Empire, unfortunately, so far with my first playthrough, it wasn't for me. Another game that I play that it's a pusher log game, and I will try to hurry up because we're already on the 20 minute-ish trigger time for start with the with the uh, main game of the episode. It's the Quacks of queldenberg Quacks of queldenberg very specifically. Fun. Push your luck game. That's it. There's no there's no other mechanism on the game other than push your luck game. Uh, very fun. Um, you know, basically, you're drawing tokens from a bag and you're hoping to get games. I mean, hoping to get points, I'm sorry, without making your potion, I guess, explode or overreact. And if you're able to manage that and not bust, well, you're going to trigger some victory points or you're going to be uh, trying to buy upgrading uh tokens, which those ones you put on your back. So I guess it's like a you know, sort of like a deck building mechanic with back uh building mechanic, but definitely a push your lock, which every turn you're gonna be drawing tokens and see see what you get. There's nothing wrong with that. I know for a lot of gamers when it's so random and so lucky, they just go away from games and they don't like push your lock games. I actually enjoy push your lock games and I don't have anything against randomness. Or or lucky on games. I think those aspects are fun. Of course, there are some other games. Some other games when you don't want that. Like for example, Scythe. That's another of my fa- another euro game that is my favorite, where you don't want any luck involved. You want to have control of the whole situation and everything. But there are some other games that. It's okay if they have luck and randomness. And, and Quacks of Quellenburg, it's one of those. And I actually enjoy the game a lot. I'm looking forward to play it again, uh, you know, to see how it goes. But my experience with four players was very enjoyable. It was a very enjoyable, very chill out game. Uh, you know, no pressure. It was fun. We were laughing. We were pulling tokens out. Um, there was There was a strategy on the game as well. And spoiler alert one of the designers that we will interview for the last uh, five episodes of Solo BG podcast, uh, he ended up loving, loving, loving the the game. So it's a very famous designer, so that's a spoiler. So that's why I actually played the game because he told me, hey, you need to try this one because it's one of my favorites. So anyway, and another game that I played as well is, of course, one of my favorites from most recent times, Raiders of the North Sea, which actually... Uh this weekend I got the collector's box where you can fit all the expansions and the base game, everything in one box. It's the first time that I pay thirty American dollars just for a box. Nothing else. Well it includes some sleeves for the cards, but I mean I already had the card sleeves. Um but literally 30 bucks just for a bo- <laughs> 30 dollars just for a box. Um and and I don't regret. I mean it looks cool, the art looks cool. Now I can you know, found some other use for the boxes, I guess, which I'm thinking about decoration uh, you know, things. But the main uh you know, the main thing is that this box fits everything. So if you like Raiders of the North Sea and you're like me and you have everything for raiders, then I rec I guess I recommend you the box. You know, it's thirty dollars for some cardboard, but I mean it looks cool and if you love the game, why not? Anyway, now it's time to talk about Overboss. And Overboss is a boss monster adventure published by Brotherwise Games. And it's designed by Aaron Meshburn and Kevin Ross, the famous Kevin Ross. And, uh, you know, the playtime is 20 to 30 minutes. But I'm not going to tell you anymore. Let's jump. Let's see how the box and cover looks. Box and cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the show. Very standard size 12 by 12, so it will fit fantastically on your Kallax. It That's what you worry about if you're worried about space. This is a very standard size game, so that shouldn't be a problem. And then on the main cover of the box, you have this character, kind of like a Super Nintendo, Nintendo Pixel character, it just looks like Bowser from the you know, Mario Bros. universe and is looking at the land, and he is the overboss, of course. Once again, a boss monster adventure, and you have a picture of the whole land, which they will translate to tiles that you will play in during the game, and it's published by Brother Wise Game. Then on the side of the on the box, you will have once again the picture. It says Overboss, and it's designed by Aaron Mesburn and Kevin Ross. The playtime is 20 uh, to 30 minutes. It also tells you that it's an uh, 8-year-old plus, and 1 to 5 players and once again the publisher is Brotherwise game. Then when you go to the back of the box, you will be able to find out the you know briefly description of the game. Conquer the Overworld. Overboss is an all new game featuring the retro villains from Boss Monster. Emerge from the from your dungeon and conquer the Overworld in this devious style placement game for 1 to 5 players. Draft terrain tiles, recruit monster tokens, and build the most powerful map. To maximize your power, you'll need to collect and build clever combos. And it's designed once again, as I mentioned, for uh from by Aaron Mesburn and Kevin Ross. He is better known for Calico. And it's a blast for gamers of all skill levels. And is giving you a description of how basically the game is gonna play. Uh it gives you a uh, a small description of the components that you will find depending on the version that you get which I believe you can only get the retail version if you go to your favorite local gaming stores but some of them they actually you know sometimes get kickstarter uh, versions so if you're able to get the kickstarter version of this game I will definitely go for that one and I will tell you why in a little bit Uh, and it will tell you the components as well once again brother white games and it has game Trace inside Uh, they have become very popular in the whole board gaming universe I like them a lot game trays inserts are fantastic because you can you know put everything under place and it's really helpful for setup purposes so with that being said let's see what do we have inside uh overboss. let me tell you about the components let me tell you what you're gonna get and then we continue with the show inside the box all righty so now we are about to jump inside the box we're opening this uh bad boy here overboss once again the first thing you're gonna find it's a rule book, and this is uh, let me see because I always tell you the whole details. I will tell you how many pages. This is a, a, a seven double-sided pages, which that will translate to 14 of rule book. Very straightforward once again, and I love when I tell you that you don't have to go to Board Game Geek or to any uh, video tutorial. find out about the rules or the you know any tricks on cards it's very straightforward it will describe all the tiles everything that you will find on the game uh the different placements that you will find for setup and also all the abilities if you want to play with advanced tiles and variants uh the placing of scoring tokens and once again the advanced games variants and of course the solo mode the components that you will find inside the game here you are a bunch of tiles between uh, forest tiles cave tiles graveyard tiles swamp tiles Camp tiles, castle tiles, cloud island tile, desert tiles, these are tiles, 12 summoning circle tiles, volcano tiles. As I told you, a lot of tiles. Um, you know, you get also the matching monster tokens and what ma- uh, one matching crystal token for each tile type. So you will get a bunch of tokens um be, uh, very nice monsters very cute monsters eight bit art kind of and then you also get portal tokens dungeon tiles six, six mini bosses tokens five double-sided player boards or mat that of course you will play one to five players the solo mode sheet which it will tell you everything and how to score and you can play the campaign is poorly alert one score pad um the 10 terrain selection cards because in that way you can randomize every game uh, 18 command cards if you want to play the advanced variant. And 10 boss card with the art that I like a lot. So that's a big spoiler over there. And one talking back That's what you're going to get on the retail version. If you went in for the Kickstarter like I did, or if you're waiting for your Kickstarter, you will get actually a broken token uh, castle for the other boss, which is very easy to assemble. And the whole purpose of this castle is to hold all the tiles that you're gonna be drafting during your rounds. So it works great, actually, I love it. When I when I went again when I went in the Kickstarter campaign, I thought that it was just you know an um, aesthetic thing, just like a, you know something that it was going to look good on the table and you know bring the hype up. But actually it has a function. I know it's not a crazy function. yes, you can play without the castle, but indeed, it looks cooler. And it holds all the tiles. So I hope you can get your hands on one of those. Also, this is the other thing that yes and no. <laughs> with the Kickstarter exclusive, you get, uh, with the retail version, you get a black uh, token bag. And with the Kickstarter one, you get a purple that it says uh, Kickstarter exclusive or backer uh, backer edition or something like that. So if you're in those sort of things of, you know, in the collection aspect of games where you want to get every single thing of a Kickstarter when, well i I think for this game, the Kickstarter version, it's a little bit you know more nice I guess uh versus the retail uh because you also get another type of tiles and I think you get like a promo card for boss Monster and stuff so that's that's the only thing but honestly, if you get the retail version it's still gonna look fantastic it's still gonna you're gonna be able to play uh, gonna be able to play the game very well so there is I just wanted to tell you the differences regarding the components the quick start guide it works great um you know because it basically once you learn the game you don't need to look at the rule book anymore with the quick start guide you have everything there the description of the tiles mini bosses scoring monsters everything so that's great so you have that as well uh you also get like a flyer of course from all the games uh from a brother wise game i guess i can mention them call to adventure nerd which is a game that i like a lot boss monster which is a game that i want to like but then after I play over bosses, like, well, I don't need to play <laughs> Boss Monster. Even if it's very different, though, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of fans of um, Boss Monsters out there, but I haven't had, like, a great experience with it. And, you know, I mean, I'm always open to play it. If somebody says, like, hey, let's play Boss Monsters, sure, I will play Boss Monsters. And I own, actually, uh, two different base games and some, you know, exclusive cards and expansions and promos and stuff. But, I don't know, in my gaming group, at least, I haven't played Boss Monsters in a while, so... There you go. Uh, other games, I th- I think that's it, you know, most of the games from Brotherwise Game. Uh, the solo mode, it has a campaign, has a high score, you know, achievement level that you can play through. In that way, you can have fun as well. So also another nice thing that you will find inside the box is once again, like I mentioned, the game trays. The game trays are fantastic. I hope most of the Kickstarter campaigns, and I'm not trying to promote here, uh, you know anybody, but I I hope that most of the Kickstarter campaigns, just in general, in the future, they can include either game trays or do something similar. Because as you know, I'm a huge fan of keeping everything original, like box insert. But as long as the inserts are cool and it has a space for every single thing. For example, one of my favorite companies, I guess, not my favorite companies, but that. I consume a lot of their games, which is Fantasy Flight. Uh, I, con- you know, I, I love uh, Eldritch Horror, Arkham Horror, Manchester of Madness, uh, a lot of their, of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth, uh, Imperial Assault, bunch of games, you name it. I hate, I really hate that I basically have to get rid of the, uh, whatever, if, if you want to call it, insert inside the box. Just because, I mean, yes, sometimes you can fit everything and just in c box and whatever, just all over the place but mostly, I mean, they don't have any purpose, you know, they just include more cardboard there, they just kill an extra, a, a a extra branch from a tree, basically, that's all they did, might as well just give me the empty box inside, you know, just with the components all over the place, so I actually love and enjoy when games and publishers and designers, they really put some love, and they want to either give you an insert that it will fit the sleeve cards and everything inside, that's cool, or partner with somebody like Game Trace that actually, you know, has do a great job on those, uh, you know, on those situations. Like like this Overvoss is a perfect example that the setup will be easy. Uh, putting it back on the box, it will be a little bit uneasy just because you have to uh, retrieve all the tokens from the game and from the bag and all the tiles and organize them as well by type and just put it back on the Game tray. And that way, next time you play, the setup is going to be easier and faster. So, I really love Game 3s. Even for this one, if you got the the castle, the Broken Token Castle, it has two levels where you can put the castle on the bottom and then you put all the tiles and everything else on top. And there and there is a, ni- a nice uh, plastic holder. In that way, nothing moves around. And if you want to hold uh, the box on your Kallax either vertically or horizontally, it will work great. So that's a big plus, <laughs> I will tell you right now, for the game. Uh, from the game for uh, in my opinion for my impressions so with that being said let me tell you let me explain you very briefly because actually this is a a very easy game to learn let me tell you how overboss play let me tell you and walk you through the solo mode at least by audio and then we will jump to my impressions gameplay are you looking for that kickstarter game that you missed during the kickstarter campaign Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals? Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com. There, you will find Kickstarter board games, expansions, Kickstarter exclusive content graphic novels, RPG novels, toys and collectibles, and much more. Kickstarter Games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that I want to have on my gaming collection. Plus, they offer free shipping in the US when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right. Use the code SOLOBG altogether and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games. Alrighty, so how Overboss play. Very simple. You're going to have a little mat, I guess. You know, which? that's another thing that I don't know if it comes in the retail version. I don't think it comes. I think that was, you know, um, actually a Kickstarter thing. Yeah, that was a Kickstarter where you can get like a mat for your market. So basically, you're going to set up, well, first of all, you're going to choose which tiles you're going to play with. You're going to choose five of those tiles from many of the different tiles that you can get, like I told you at the beginning. You can get forest, you can get cave, you can get graveyard, swamp, camp, castle, cloud, whatever you like. You're going to pick five of them. You're going to give them a shuffle and you're going to place them on the side. Or if you got the Kickstarter upgrade, well, you will will put them on the castle. Um, Then... You're going to draw, or you're going to get from the trace as well, the correspond tokens from those tiles, and you're going to mix them all together in the token bag, And that's it. Just give it a, give it a good shuffle for those tokens. Then you're going to form a market. If you get the upgrade kit or the Kickstarter edition, you're going to get like a little mat, a little cardboard mat, which it will have four different sections. But if you didn't get that mat, that's fine. You can still do it the same way. You're going to draw four tiles, and then you're going to draw four tokens from those bags. Now, it doesn't matter if the token with the little uh, uh, monster token doesn't match with the title because that's the gimmick of the game. Then you're going to have your top low, which it could be, I think, uh, you know, for a short game, it could be a 4x3. And if you want a, a longer experience, it could be a 4x4. Four four. I highly recommend you to go already. I will tell you 4x3, I think it's faster and that lets you play more games. Uh, and it's actually more fun and more kind of like, you know, putting some pressure on the players. Anyway. On your turn, what you are going to do? You're going to draw one tile and you're going to take the corresponding uh, little token that is just below that tile. Once again, if it doesn't match, that's fine. You're going to place that tile anywhere in your tableau and then you're going to put the monster on top of it. Now, the clever part here is that some of those tiles, they will give you extra victory points depending on the area that they are. For example, if they are close to the sea or attached to the sea or adjacent to the ocean they will give you an extra victory point or if they are uh, adjacent to to the mountains they will give you a victory point or if they are adjacent to any type of of a tile they will also can give you more victory points you're going to be placing this depending where you where you want to do a strategy on your tableau there are some other tiles that like the volcano that it will make explode everything surrounding and that will mean that all the tokens surrounding it will go away not the tiles but the little monster tokens there are some tokens as well um, uh, there's, uh, that they're not neither bosses or crystals or anything they call portals and those ones, you're going to grab them and put it sort of like in your bench. Like if you're, if you have a soccer team or a football team, you know, they're on the bench and then when another, uh, when you draw in future turns, another monster, you can place them there and then you can put them on the tiles and that way you can have more control where you're placing every single thing. And you're going to keep doing that every turn. You're going to be grabbing, Tiles, and you're gonna sometimes you will be lucky that you're gonna grab the matching monster. And if you place, for example, on the castle tile, if you place like little vampire, which is the matching token, then you will get an extra victory point at the end of the game. You're gonna keep playing, so on and so forth, until everybody feels their top blow. And at that point, you're gonna start to score, just as I told you before, either by the uh, uh tile ability or the tile points that they will describe basically on the tile or in the uh in the quick start guide as well also you're gonna get points for every little token every little boss token that it matches the tile you will get extra points also there's a a a faction on the game or i guess a mechanic on the game that it's called bands which basically you want to get bands of of tokens with that being said let's say just to give an example you have a forest tile adjacent to a swamp tile adjacent to a cave tile of course those three tiles are different but If you're able to manage to put uh, on those three tiles the same monster, well, that's a band of three monsters, and that will also give you victory points at the end of the game. And there's a few things that can give you extra victory points. uh, Some of them will be if you play with the advanced variant of the game, which I would recommend you to play with the advanced variant of the game, you know, starting with. Uh, is that on the beginning of the game, you're gonna have a lot of overboss cards. Big cards, very nice are fantastic. You're gonna shuffle those and you're gonna gu- you're gonna give t- uh, two to each player. Then each player is gonna choose one. And usually those overboss monsters, they will have an ability that you can flip during the game just a one time ability and you reveal uh, you know which one is your overboss. And then at the same time, they will have an end scoring ability. Uh, you know, in that way you can get more points at the end of the game, and that's it. That's very simple how overboss plays. Uh, whoever has the higher victory points wins the game, and I think the tiebreaker will be crystals or something like that. With crystals, basically they mean instead of being a boss or a monster token, those really will retaliate or they will relate to the kind of tiles are you placing. So let's say uh, on my turn I grab an orange crystal. That will mean that for every orange tile, which there are volcanoes, I I lay on my, I guess, on my kingdom, uh, I will get an extra victory point at the end of the game. So that's basically how they work. Like I said, very simple, very fun tile placement game. So in the solo mode, it works very similar. The only difference is that you will, on your turn, you're playing solo, you will choose a tile, and then you're going to remove the right uh, most uh, tile and token. You remove it from the game, and then you scroll over all of the other ones so in that way you will have two opening spaces at the end of every uh, round and then you're going to go you're going to get two more tiles with two more tokens and then you're going to compare your score in that way you can see where you are on the achievement level for example in the lower score you will be a minion and then on the next one you will be a monster mini boss boss monster over boss Dark Deity or Abomination, Uh, you get the idea. And then, of course, you can play a campaign mode, which is actually, I will tell you more about it in my impressions, but you can play a campaign mode where you're going to be playing through different levels welcome to arcadia that's one level let's go exploring level two uh level three building civilization level four gathering storm level five Ragnarok. level six dungeon master and there's even some side quests that you can do as you're playing the game and basically the campaign is guided by achievements that you have to complete either during rounds or during the game for example i guess little spoiler alert here right on the level one welcome to arcadia um it will tell you which terrain tiles you will set up for the game. And then um, you will have different achievements that you have to do. For example, the Dark Forest, the Scheme 1, build a group of 3 or plus 4 forest, forest tiles. And at least one forest must have a matching kobold, um, then, uh, which is the little monster, right? Then the Swamp Plane, yeah, the Scheme number 2, build 3 plus Swamp tiles uh, that worth 9 points or more. And then the Scheme uh, number 3 will be get 50 points, points at the end of the game or more. And if you are able to achieve these three levels on Welcome to Arcadia, then you're able to move forward to level two and so on and so forth. In that way, you can play the campaign. There's also briefly instructions for the campaign on the solo mode uh, sheet uh, that it's included, of course, in the game. So that's basically how the game plays. And now let's jump into my favorite section where I tell you all about my impressions, where I tell you what I liked, what I didn't like, if I recommend you this game, if I don't recommend you this game, if i regret jumping on the kickstarter campaign or if i actually i'm happy that i jumped in or uh, which, uh you know tell you if this game it will be appealing for some people and not very appealing to other ones but without being said let's jump and to see if i rather play this game solo or competitive solo or competitive okay now the moment of the truth uh, do I rather play this game solo or competitive? And I'm closing the box right now in that way. I don't keep looking at the fantastic game trace inside because I don't want to have any bias. Overboss, a boss monster adventure. First of all, I will tell you, I don't regret of getting into the Kickstarter campaign. I don't regret of getting into the high pledge. But remember that I told you at the beginning that I was going to tell you a fun fact about the game? Uh, on my pledge, at least. Well... Uh, I usually, uh, you know, when I jump into Kickstarter, I put all my information and I, you know, I support the campaign. Then, of course, at the time of the um, add-ons on the pledge manager, I usually tend to get even more things of what I actually need for the game. Uh, and sometimes, like I have told you in the past, which you shouldn't do, it's to jump blindly into a campaign. For Overboss, I went blindly, when even before when it was called Overlord. Because remember, or if you were not aware... Uh, this game went through a copyright issues, I believe, after the campaign was done. And they then they switched the game from Overlord to Overboss, which I actually ended up liking it more to Overboss. It's more appealing to the game, I guess. Um, anyway, but the fun fact is not that. The fun fact is when I was uh, filling my pledge manager, um, I saw that you can add a little mat or a market mat. And I didn't care to read that on the pledge that I went in. They already included a cardboard mat for the market. So for some reason, I guess my mind uh, saw the image and I thought it was a neoprene mat. And I went and ordered an extra one, which it wasn't crazy. I mean, I think it was like $5 or something like that, which now that I'm thinking is like, come on, dude, for $5, they're not going to give you a neoprene. But anyway, that's Derek. So I jumped in, of course, with all in, and then I got an extra cardboard mat for the game. Uh, which now I have an extra new cardboard mat because my pledge included one. So, this is you know, uh, you know, the learning from here is that you have to read everything that you're backing and don't do it my way. Now, the bright side is that if any of you needs a cardboard mat, please let me know. Either in any of my social medias, once again, Solo BG Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, uh, and I will send you that mat directly through your door because I don't have any purpose of it, and in that way you can upgrade your game in case you want to get their retail version or if you already got the retail version. So there is um, the other thing. Well, and going back to my impressions, I don't regret backing it at all. I think it's a very fun game. Let's start with the positives of the game. Um, it's a very fun game so far. I already played it probably more than ten times. I played it solo, I enjoyed it, I played with friends, I enjoyed it, I think it escalates great, uh, two players, three players, four players, five players, I, I think there's, here is one of these games where it's not a problem on the number of players, including the solo mode, so, so that's great. Uh, my first impressions from the solo mode when I played the game first, I was like, well, here it is, another beat your own score, and as you probably know this, I'm not a huge fan of beat your own score games. But we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about it in a little bit. So that's that. I think that the the game uh, escalates very well. Um, it doesn't matter the number of players. I think it works great. I think another uh, very positive thing is that the game is very well balanced. Because remember, when we talk about randomness and lucky on the game, this game mix both. Because there will be of course a randomness and a lucky aspect when you're drawing the tiles and where you're drawing the tokens from 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 the bag. But That's the only part that has random and luck because other than that, it will be up to you to determine the strategy of how you want to lay your tiles down on your kingdom and also which monsters you want to lay down on your kingdom because there's many ways that they can score you points. So that's a great aspect of the game that is very well balanced mechanic-wise going from luck and randomness towards the strategy as well from the player. So that's a very positive thing. That's number two. Number three, the art. I mean, this is this this could be something very subjective because, like everything, or like a lot of things, is very subjective. The art is very subjective. The visualizing aspect of a game is very subjective. The theme is very subjective as well. But the art, for me, you put you bring a game to Kickstarter and you either put Batman or or an 8-bit kind of art, like a pixel art, and I will get it. I will definitely will get it. One of my first uh, games that I bought on Django, I remember. It was Pixel Glory, which was episode number one of Solo BG Podcast. Can you believe it? Uh, And and we're going to do something about going back to episodes, actually, but I won't spoil you anything. Anyway, but it's because you just put pixel art on a game, and I go like crazy for it. I don't care what it is. I don't care how it plays. I don't care if it's Euro-competitive. I don't care. I'm just going to get it. Uh, And that's why I jump a blind list with Overboss. But there's, for example, other games that have gone south very, very badly, like... Uh, 8-Bit Attack that was another recent game that on a trip to me to St. Louis Missouri I went to miniature market I saw that game not knowing anything about it I went and bought it and I ended up giving it away probably like two three days after 8-Bit Attack it was a uh, uh, unfortunately a very bad experience for me um, it had everything the theme the, the the idea of the game that I wanted to like it but there it is so anyway that's why I'm saying that the art is something very positive on this game at least for me I love pixel art and I will always, uh, you know, be a sucker of it. And, and if, you, if you release a game on Kickstarter and you put pixel art, I will buy it for you from you. So there is the art. It's another thing that it works great. Uh, what else? The, the rulebook, fantastic. Very straightforward. It's a very easy game, uh, which that doesn't mean, you know, sometimes they're easy games that they have awful rulebooks. This one, very well done, brother-wise game. Uh, you know, they did well by doing it very straightforward with the quick guide, with the solo mode sheet, uh, and with the... Um, very short rulebook, fantastic, works great. The components of the game, very nice quality. The tiles cardboard, very sturdy. Uh, the tokens as well, the same quality. The bag, I mean, you don't need the Kickstarter exclusive bag, but if you want to be, you know, I guess a collectible uh, a FOMO person, <laughs> well, there you go, you have it. Uh, and it works great, very nice color, purple, and it's just nice. Nice to see it on the table, right? The the dice, um, the dice castle. The castle that I use for the tiles, also from the broken token, Very nice quality. I mean, coming from them, you expect something good. The game trades from the game also work great. Uh, They make the setup easier, way easier. Um, Another uh, bright side of the game is the the time length of the game. It actually tells you that it plays 20 to 30 minutes. The only time that I went 30 minutes, it was four players. And literally, it was like 29 minutes or something. So that tells you that it's very accurate and it's very fast. The solo mode, they're usually like 10, 15 minutes um, and I think I think it's a it's a well balanced game. I think uh, it has a lot of positive things on it. Uh, I guess the things that I don't like too much from the game, it's the organ the organizing part after you play a game, uh, because once again you're gonna mix all those tiles, all those five different tiles that you're gonna choose for the game. You're going to mix them in that way you can be drawing and getting random, you know, a good variance of those tiles. But also the tokens, you're going to put them all in a token bag and drawing from there. But when you're picking up the game, you actually had to put on the game trace everything very well organized. Which, once again, the bright side is for the setup, but it's very, you know, dragging on the the end of the game, I guess, part of it. Especially if you want to put it, you know, back and then play it the next day or in two couple of days. You know, it's 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 just that part that it's kind of dragging. But on the on the bright side, is like if you're gonna play again and you you want to play with the same tiles, then you have the same one, just shuffle everything and play. The problem is if you want to play with different tiles, now it's gonna be even more dragging the putting back to the box. So that's probably a picky negative aspect from it. But you know, that's another thing. Another aspect of the game that is not negative, or 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 I don't mean anything like that, but the thing is that this is a game that is very light. That I do believe and I agree with the rulebook that is for every kind of player. But at the same time, if you're looking for something more immersive and something that is gonna give you a crazy strategy and something that is gonna create some tense, well. This is not a game for you. This is a once again a very lightweight game, very easy. I will consider it a very chill out game that you know anybody can play it. Anybody. It's a perfect gateway game where um, I can see definitely this game being in you know in general stores. You know, like in US, like it happens with the 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 Target stores, right? That you can you can find some games there or Barnes and Nobles. I definitely see this game being in those shelves just because. It's very easy to learn, very easy to play, and anybody, gamer or non-gamer, can play this game. So that's another thing that, once again, it could be a negative for some players, but at the same time, it could be, yeah, like whatever for other ones. Now, do I rather play this game um, solo or competitive? That's the big question for this one, because it's, it's hard to determinate since it's a very lightweight game and a... In a great gateway game as well. I will tell you this. I think the sweet spot for this game is definitely competitive. I think it works fantastic three players. But once again, a two player works great as well. It's just, you know, I will put it that way. Sweet spot for this game is, is competitive. I think this game works better competitive. But it doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it when I played solo. I actually want to play the whole campaign. I played solo probably like three times already. Uh, just beating my own score uh, it was hard sometimes but um, you know i think this is a game that i'm looking forward to play the campaign um, i i will never change my experience with this game in a competitive setting but it's, it's not bad in solo mode actually so if you're into this type of art and if you're into this type of theme if you like boss monster and you were looking for something that will give you the same or similar experience of enjoyment because of the visuals that you get from that you get from uh, boss monsters in the theme. Of course you don't have cards, this is style placement, but you get the idea. If you want to experience something similar with all of those aspects, but in a solo mode, then definitely I think boss monster will give you that fulfilling. I also think that it's a you know easy access game, let's say, because I don't know the exact exact price on retail, but I this is probably close to 40 American dollars, 50 American dollars at, at most. Um, and I mean, y- you can try it. And, and it's a game that once again, if you if you buy it exclusively for solo, you will probably have fun. And this is a game that probably you want to keep because down the road, uh, if you find a gaming group or if you get together with your family, this is a game as well that you can bring. So with that being said, I think i rather play it competitive. But at the same time, I don't uh, regret, and I actually enjoy a lot playing it solo. Another positive thing is that if you miss the Kickstarter campaign, well, no worries, my friend, because you can go to Brotherwise Game and you can get the upgrade key together, which it will be the castle the, for the tiles, which and also the um, the tableau for the market a cardboard tableau and i think it's like five dollars or something uh the backer a token bag i don't know if you can find it but at the same time it doesn't have any specialty it's just you know you if you get the backer back well you will get two bags if you don't get it you will get one but you only need one anyway so there is once again just the collectible aspect from it i guess if you want to call it um so that was it that was Overboss. uh my rating going from zero to five once again where zero, it's a game that I don't like at all, and five, it's my favorite game ever. I will give Overboss a solid four. I think for a gateway game, I think for a tile placement game, which I don't own uh, that that many tile placement games. I think this is one of my favorite. Once again, the art uh, plays a lot on my on my rating. Uh, the fun of it, the quick of it, I place a lot on my game on my rating. So there you go, a solid four for me for Overboss. Let's see what the Board Game Geek thinks. Board Game Geek, rank overall, it's on 4,069. Uh, they give a rating of 7.8 to Overboss, uh, 245 ratings so far. 1 to 5 players, age 8-year plus, 20 to 30 minutes, weight complexity of 2 out of 5. Like I told you, very lightweight game. Uh, designer is Aaron Mesmer, once again, Kevin Ross, and the publisher, Brotherwise Games. So there you go. Uh, we're getting close once again to episode number the last 10 episodes of the show and this is going to be once again i already have five celebrities confirmed if i get more content creators or more designers down the road well this series can start on episode 93 episode 94 episode 92 91 regardless of where it starts i'm going to be updating you on social media and stay tuned because i have some giveaways prepared for you guys so stay tuned for that once again thank you for listening Thank you for bearing with me with my uh, language accent and with my language barriers and you know the words that I don't use properly sometimes. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, please support the show in any way you can, either by liking us, following us, subscribing, commenting, reviewing, or getting some cool games from kickstartedgames.com using the code SOLOBG. In that way, you can get 15% off from your total purchase. And remember, watch uh, uh, Zack Snyder Justice League from HBO Max. Four hours long. Totally worth it. All the way from beginning to end. And the music is fantastic. There you go. That's my recommendation besides Overboss for this fantastic and particular episode. With that being said, like always, remember. For victory. Go tell your friends. Until next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.